Welcome to Waffle On. Welcome to that was a high pitched hello. <laughs> hello and welcome to Waffle Art. My name is Simon Meddings, and once again, I am joined as usual by Mark Kelly. Hello. I apologise again because I've still got the cold, which I had. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, well, it's an ongoing thing, this is, isn't it? It's three weeks now, and I lost my voice yesterday at work, and uh, I lost my voice earlier on, so <laughs> <clears throat> apologies for that, So, um, but there again, I'm normally the quieter one out of us two anyway. Oh yes, that's, this is true, this is true <laughs> if anyone knows us. <laughs> um, thank you for the big responses we got from last oh, yeah. month's uh, um, uh, little mini waffle that we put out there regarding the change of waffle on in January, but the looks of it, uh, we are. <laughs> yeah, well... Uh, we seem to have quite a good, uh, a really good lot of feedback. Really, yeah, a, re- a really good lot, that's terrible, Graham. That's really, no, but I was, I was looking at some of the emails and for fair play for people to actually get in touch because we thought there might be like one person. Yeah, well, Something yeah, to yeah, go, yeah. it is a pricks. Yeah. And I thought that, that, that might... <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. But yeah. no, people have really actually really got involved, want to get involved. Yeah, yeah, I think we've had around about it. We've everything put together, the Podbean site, the iTunes stuff, uh, and my emails and waffle emails that we've had through. We've had around about 30 responses. That's, that's good. Um, which is, you know, not too bad. Um, we've got over a couple of thousand listeners, so uh, we'll yeah. to the rest of you. Uh, but, um, yeah. yeah, so uh, I think only one person turned around and said they'd like us to stay as it is, but um, yeah, yeah, we obviously we got with censors, so... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so there'll be a new waffle format coming in in January. I'm not too sure what our opening show is going to be, but we did toy with the idea of Spinal Tap versus Bad, bad News. news. Um, so with, I think that'd be an yeah. awesome one to start. Which is because probably a lot of our American listeners will probably not know about Bad News, will they? No, but they'll certainly know Spinal Tap. Well, no Spinal Tap, mm. and it's like the British Spinal Tap. It's even though that's weird saying that, it's even though Spinal Tap are Brit, but. Yeah, well, only one's British, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, are they? Mm, who knows? So anyway, that, that so could that be the general one. But uh, what, what are we talking about today? Well, we are talking about a film. Oh, which we bonded on as friends originally, films. So there's going to be a few more odd film ones coming in, isn't there? I think, do you want to explain what the film is? It's Locked Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Mm. And uh, as you know, when we do a TV programme, we tend to play the theme tune of the uh, TV show. Do we do that for a film? I think we're going to. We're going to. And we're going to be playing this song, which is 100 Mile High City by Ocean Colour Scene. So I need a car And I know that I'm getting alive But I'm 
It is, and it, 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 it's just brilliant sound and vision together. It mm. just works so well because we weren't a big fan of that song until you saw it in the film, the and film, then it yeah. just works so well. Well, the reason why we weren't a, we're not a great fan of Ocean Colors is purely for the fact that they come from where we come from. <laughs> they're, they're, they're a Birmingham band, and when you see them all the time in Mosley, it was like, yeah, so it's Ocean Colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I do remember when we was uh, rolling around outside, snobs on the floor, yeah. drunk, having a, a pylon. I think it was a pylon as well, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, he was, uh, what's the lead singer's name? Um, oh, oh. Not Steve Quaid, that's the guitarist. No, yeah, um, I can't remember, but the lead singer was standing there looking at us with such a look of disapproval. And I think we turned around and said, no, she should call the scene. We shit them. <laughs> Which sums us up, really, as young men. Yeah, doesn't it? So, yes, Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. Uh, made in 1998, which is quite a while ago oh. when you think about it now. It's 12 years ago. Bloody hell, 12 years. Yeah. I, I remember going to the cinema because we all went together, didn't we? Mm, yeah, the whole group of us went. Um, basically, it's a heist film. Um, uh, the story involves self-confident young card shop played by Nick Moran. Um, goes in to try and make himself and his mates a load of money. They all chip in 25 grand. And unfortunately, he loses to a crime lord in three-card brag. 20 grand, open. 30,000. Back to you already, Eddie. 50 grand. 80 grand. 100 grand. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Look, fellas, I know... I know you're not in, which means no one cares what you know. 250. That's quite a raise. That's 150 on my 100. Yeah. And is there anything else you want to say? As you know, this puts us in an awkward position. I don't have enough to continue. We will have to see both your cards. If no one loans Eddie the money to continue, it's a loan or we see both your cards. I will. 
You will what? I will loan you the money. No, I think I'd rather just turn them over. I'm not interested in what you would rather. I want to keep going. I'm also offering you the money. So we don't have to turn them over because you can borrow. I need 250 grand. No, you need 500 grand to see me. That's if I want to see you. Well, you're going to have a problem carrying on, aren't you? I'll see you. Okay, before I loan you this, I expect, if you lose, of course, my money back within a week. Crystal? That's Sunday, okay? Let's see these fucking cards. And then there was coming out £500,000 in debt due to cheating. Cheating. Typical back sliding cheating using the camera. Um, I like the way you were really you were saying that very a lot of passion in that. You saying well, that. it was you because. It down. I was thinking, well, I'm waiting to jump in there. Oh, feel free to jump in. No, I was going to say, it's the classic uh, premise for a film, isn't it, that is? It's like the oldest... It's a bit, you know, it's like the... <coughs> it's like the hustler, yeah. isn't it? Mm. It's the classic thing. There's a cheating thing at the beginning, and all the films based around that. And yeah. then, it, you know, it mushrooms into a, such a far greater story. But that, you know... That's why we're doing this film, really, because it is a classic British heist film, isn't it? It is, it really is. And I don't fact, care, it's... we've talked about this before, we don't, well, we'll talk about this before the podcast, weren't mm. we? And we're saying that it's not a very fashionable film to like, is it? No, because I think, one, because of the backlash against Guy Ritchie, which we'll come to in a bit, but also the fact that um, England has made some great classic gangster films like Long Good Friday, um, Get Carter, Get Carter. Uh, and they'll all have been dark and and uh, and pretty grim. Um, Lockstock also follows that scenario, but it's more set. I mean, you, you watch it now, and it, it does feel like it could be made now. There's not a lot of difference. No, the no, time. The, the, the time of it now. There's not still, actually. There's not still, I think connection to Long Good Friday and of course Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels. Do you know what it is? Ah, oh. this is a pause for thought. It, uh, I'd say, is it um, the bloke? The uh, no, I don't actually. No, is it's it? Dexter Fletcher. Dexter Fletcher played the little boy who looked after Bob Askin's car when he pulled up. Bloody hell! I've just noticed that. I'll just picture him saying it now. Yeah, yeah, Bloody yeah. hell! There you go, sir. So that's that's that is a good, uh, good fact. Hey, thank you very much. Fact number one. Fact number one. That's the only fact I've got. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> I actually didn't write that down. It was just something I remembered earlier on. Brilliant. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, the, basically, the, the, the film is all about the, a group of guys, a group of mates. I think that's the reason why I really liked it because it was a group of guys who go to the pub, they get pissed, I think they want to make some money. And um, they end up obviously losing the money, so they've got to figure out how they yeah. can get the money back. Because they're not particularly villains herself, are no, they? No, not really. I mean, the, the characters who we'll go through in, in a bit, um, well, let's, let's go through them now. The main actor in it is Nick Moran, um, who, who plays the, uh, the main character. <clears throat> Which is Eric, isn't it? Yeah. Eric, I think it was. Yeah, he's not particularly... Eddie, sorry, Eddie. He's not particularly a criminal, 
He's he's sort of in between, isn't he? Yeah. He's not a he's not a violent criminal, no. but he is a bit dodgy. He's a bit dodgy. I, even, yeah, I he is a bit. He's uh, so Eddie goes in and uh, uh, tries to win him some money. They've all put in twenty five grand each. Of course, he loses, so they've got to figure out how to get the money back. And as it turns out, the room next door is owned by other gang who are criminals. Who are yeah. Yeah, who are going to go and get a load of uh, drugs. And they end up finding, going in, they end up robbing them themselves, getting the money back, and that's basically how the story goes. It also evolves around two guns, uh, which are stolen from. Which are uh, the uh, Lightning Home, which is like two smoking barrels. And it ends on a, it actually ends, the film ends on a, a nod to the Italian job. A, a classic British, yeah. that where you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and you still don't know what happened. No. It? it could easily be a follow up to that. But yeah, Nick Moran, so let's talk about Nick Moran, uh, born 23rd December 1966 in the east end of London. Yeah. No uh, surprises there. 40 years old now. So, I thought, well, 41 actually, should I say. He directs a lot now, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, he's directed a few films, didn't he? Because he was a bit of a. How could we discuss? Well, no, I, see, I've done a little this, bit of research. Yeah, this on is an this. interesting because I think his name was Muddy in the press. Yeah, wasn't well, you he? know the reason why I think was that is that on the premiere of this film, he walked up the uh, red carpet with Sting. Now, Sting is in this film. Sting plays his dad in it, who was the bar owner. And of course, all the people, the, the Paps, wanted pictures of Sting and Trudy, which is Sting's wife, and not Nick Moran. Yeah. So, which is, you know, I don't mind, just stinging it, you know. Yeah. And so, but he ended up getting pushed out of the way by a photographer, oh. and, but was verbally abused by him. So Nick Moran punched him in the face and knocked him out. <laughs> and I think that was the reason why he, uh, he got a bit of a bad name in the press, because typical British press, they'll just gang up on you. And I think that's where he got the, the, the thing of being a because bit of a heart, you know. Well, you know, as you go going through the cast, out of all the cast, he was the one who was tipped to go on. And do big things. But he was the one that didn't, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, his first big screen Blake was in 1990, alongside Roger Daltrey and Chesney Hawks in Buddy's Song, okay. which is a which terrible, is film. terrible film. Um, he was in The Future Last Long in 96, and also co-starred with John Hurt in New Blood in 99. Uh, he was in Rancid Aluminium in 2000. Uh, his other big film was, of course, as D'Artagnan in The Three Musketeers, which starred Tim Roth, Mina Savari, Stephen Ray, and Bill Treacher, who was... Bill Treacher is... I don't know who's Bill Treacher. <laughs> Bill Treacher played Arthur Fowler in EastEnders. <laughs> My God! So, yeah, don't he... bring EastEnders into these podcasts. <laughs> My God. Uh, he's actually uh, uh, going to be appearing as a Scabio. He's a snatcher... Uh, in Fenrir Greeback's gang of werewolves in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows, which of course come out soon. Oh. Um, as you said, yeah, he's uh, he's gone on to direct quite a few stuff. His directorial debut uh, in Telstar, um, when he went on, of course, then to film The Kid. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a nice bloke actually, and he pulls off this role really well. He's a uh, you know he's he comes across as a dodgy East End. Yeah, guy. that's it. He's a cheeky cheeky chappy. I, yeah. You know, he's a you know he's to me he's like a younger. Uh, Derek Trotter. Yeah, <laughs> Derek Trotter. Yeah, I see what you mean. He's that kind yeah. of person. He's not particularly a bad person, but there's no doubt he is a criminal. Mm, yeah. But he's just that quasi. It's on the on the line, isn't it? Yeah. He's not nothing bad. I think he only wants to rob bad people. Mm. He's not. No, he just, they just want to make money, a quick bit of money, and have a good time, don't they? And that's, that's what's good. He's done, in fact, there's only one of them who seems to actually have a job in this, and that's Dexter Fletcher's catch. But um, what, the most well known person in this film, uh, well, out of the main cast, because there's something we'll talk yeah, about yeah. other people, uh, it was uh, Jason Fleming who played Tom, otherwise known as Fat Man. Look, what are you talking about? I'm bloody skinny, pal. Yeah, yeah, of course you are. All right, Ed. Nick the Greek, always a pleasure. Tom, what have you been eating? I've been telling him this. Enough! Already. 
You two, join me in my office. So, uh, how much is it then, Tom? You know how much it is, Nick. And that includes the amp, yeah? No, that does not include the amp. Shit, Tom, I thought it included the amp. Well, it doesn't. I'll throw in one of these telephones, if you like, but it does not include the amp. Very nice. I hope it includes the speakers. It doesn't include the speakers. It doesn't include the amp. And it's not supposed to include me getting the amp of your stupid questions. Now you want it, Nick. You buy it. What else do I get with it? You get a gold-plated Rolls-Royce, as long as you pay for it. Don't know, Tom. Seems expensive. Seems. Well, this seems to be a waste of my time. That is 900 nicker in any shop you're lucky enough to find one in, and you're complaining about 200. What school of finance did you study? It's a deal. It's a steal. It's sale of the fucking century. In fact, fucking Nick, I think I'll keep it. All right, all right. Keep your Allens on. It's a ton. Jesus Christ, you could choke a dozen donkeys on that. And you're haggling over 100 pound? What do you do when you're not buying stereos, Nick? Finance revolutions? 100 pounds is still 100 pounds. Not when the price is 200 pounds, it's not. And certainly not when you've got Liberia's deficit in your skyrocket. Tighten than a duck's butt you are. Now, come on. Let me feel the fibre of your fabric. The skinny one is Tom, and he's the entrepreneur of the bunch. He's got a couple of dirty little fingers and a couple of dirty little pies. Uh, yeah, why was he called Fat Man in it? Because he was thin. Because he was thin, yeah. And he got... uh, yeah, Jason Ian Fleming, born 25th of September 1966. He's now aged, obviously, 44. Uh, born in Putney. Um, I think Fleming's the one, apart from Jason Staven, but we'll come on to Staven in a bit because we all yeah, like we Staven. Staven. I'd say Fleming is the one who's, who's become the most famous as well out of all of them. Yeah, he's a proper character actor now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. He, he was the only saving grace in that league with Georgian Gentleman, which is an absolutely terrible film. But yeah. he's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He's really good, isn't he? Oh, he's really good. He's isn't really he? good. Isn't he? He, uh, he, one of his first uh, things was actually in uh, Young Indiana Jones. You know, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. What, what was he? What was he in Young Indiana? He doesn't say. He just says he was. A, he must have been uh, in. Yes, he could have missed. It must have been a quite a peripheral character. <coughs> he was then a regular in Doctor, Doctor Finley from 1996, and then went on to appear in uh, The Red Violin, Deep Rising, Snatch, of course, which is the follow-up, and George A. Romero's Bruiser. I don't know that it's um it's a short thing off his uh mass lot mass he did like a thing called Masters of Horror and yeah. he did a uh, two um two like little plays and yeah. that was one of them I've not saw it because I've sort of gone off George Romero but that's uh, yeah. that's a whole podcast to itself yeah, but... I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, he also started in uh, Rockstar and uh, and he turned up in a very in a short film Feeling Good written by uh, Rockstar co-star. Dexter Fletcher as you say he was in also The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen which um, was an Alan Moore book he was in two Alan Moore comic adaptations he was also, also in From Hell if you remember he played yeah. the coach driver yeah, in that yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, and the other thing that I th- stands out I think for us was uh, he played uh, Bernard Quatermass in the live version of the remake uh, back in um, 2005 do you remember that one I, I love that I, I, like you said you know Massive Quatermass fan. it's a very brave thing as well that is mm. for the for this day and age to be doing live... To do a live TV program. To live play. Yeah. Uh, and there is a few things that go wrong in it. Does, does but it, it, but it's not, not overly noticeable. Not, not overly noticeable. There's a few with the, like, the lines that are coming a bit too quick, don't yeah. they? Or they talk over each other. There's, but the actual thing of it is brilliant, yeah, isn't yeah. it? There's a nice little thing with that. In that quite a massive experiment, of course, he stars alongside uh, David Tennant. Yeah. David Tennant had just found out he was going to be the new Doctor. This is 2005, so bearing in mind, Christopher Eccleston is still playing the Doctor. This yeah, is yeah. how we all know that... 
Eccleston was only signed on yeah, for yeah, one yeah. series. And uh, out of out of a little wink to the fact is Jason Fleming comes in and says, Hello Doctor. Oh. So there's a little little nod there. To so that. Show you know that you can't get on. It's not out on DVD. He's out on DVD. It is? Yeah. What oh I'm gonna have a look for that. Play.com. On play.com. Mm. Is it quite I'm, I'm gonna have a look for that. Yeah, there you go, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't think it was out on DVD. I'm here to help you spend your money. And has recently joined uh, Primeval. Um, as obviously one of the characters, uh, and he's got the lead role as Captain Callow in the war horror film The Fourth Reich. Mm. He's turning up as well in X Men First Class as Azazel, sorry, Azazel, who's the biological father of Nightcrawler. Oh, I was reading that in Empire about that. I didn't know mm. that character. Yeah, I, I didn't know. No, I I'm really don't know much. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get a couple of comics because I'm not too. Said, this early, early, I don't know yeah, the early yeah. X Men stories. No, I really, I really don't know because I mean it's all about the the beginning start of um of old Xavier. Yeah, yeah. Who's played by uh, James Mac- uh, McAvoy. Oh, yeah, James, yeah, James McAvoy's a brilliant actor. Isn't yeah, so obviously he's got hair. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's gonna be interesting. Um, how about we bring up Dexter Fletcher? Dexter, Dexter Fletcher. Fletcher. Yeah, a little bit of pain never hurt anybody, if you know what I mean. Also, I think knives are a good idea. Big fuck off shiny ones. Ones that look like they could skin a crocodile. Knives are good because they don't make any noise. And the less noise they make, the more likely we are to use them. Shit them right up. Makes it look like we're serious. Guns for show, knives for a pro. Who's that, uh, an actor of our youth? He is, and why do we know him from our youth? Because of, um... Oh, no! What's it called now? You, well, I didn't watch it, but you watched it, didn't press you? Press Gang. Press Gang. I didn't watch I it. Was, I, oh, was uh, a... yeah, I like Press Gang because I used to fancy Julius Wahala. Is that basically, <laughs> listeners, have you noticed with our podcast, basically, all the all the programmes you like, you fancied the women growing up? Well, that's not a bad thing, I well, don't I think. thought we're not going to do a Blue Peter podcast. You can talk about Janet Ellis. Janet Ellis. Oh, <laughs> Janet Ellis. Nice. Now, actually, that wasn't the programme I was thinking about. Wasn't it? No. I am. Yeah, no, I like him because he played uh, Babyface in uh, Oh, in Bugsy Malone. In Bugsy Malone, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bugsy Malone. Oh, actually, I was thinking of Games Master. Oh, yeah, buddy, <laughs> hell, yeah. Hi, Games, but yeah, no, yeah, that was terrible, that was. That was terrible, but he was the only, only TV programme to do with games. So. Yeah, because gaming's a weird thing, isn't it? It's like mm. makes more money than the film industry and the game industry, but then. Than TV, film, yeah, and then yeah. TV and there's no programs on know, the TV weird, it's a really odd thing isn't it yeah as I say he was a child actor turned up in Bugs and Malone Long Good Friday is what we mentioned earlier on he was in, also in The Elephant Man and The Bounty which I believe was the one with uh, a, a young Mel Gibson in. Um, he then turned up as Spike Thompson the, uh, playing an American in Press Gang and his accent was so convincing people didn't think he was American yeah he did have an Ameri- a really good American really good even American. in like Babyface where he's really young he's got a really good really good American accent uh, he popped up in Band of Brothers uh, and yeah. also in The Virgin Queen. He also appeared in Kylie Minogue's 1997 release music video, Some Kind of Bliss. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. He's turned up late recently in uh, a hotel, Babylon. I don't know if this is true. Um, the internet can lie, but... <coughs> what? Me. The internet can lie? <laughs> internet can lie. He's married to Delilah... Um, oh, dear me. Delilah... Dahlia I think it's Dahlia apologies Dexter like you listen to this uh, and apparently his best man was Alan Rickman now I'm not oh that'd be I'm, amazing uh, that could I mean could you imagine the air going cancel the wedding <laughs> <laughs> that no that's going to be a I don't know that, it, I don't care but that's just an amazing rumour it's, 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 it's like Alan Rickman as you bloody I know who's yeah. what about 30 years old than him as well yeah weird isn't it don't know if it's true but anyway 
get back in touch with us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it is. Uh, but yeah, but Jason Statham, Jason Statham, I've got Jason Statham on my bleeding vein. Um, Dexter Fletcher's character was Soap uh, in this film, who was the only one who had a job. He was a chef. Yeah. And a bit dodgy. And a bit dodgy because he's, his famous quote in the film is? He's uh, guns for show, knife for a pro. Yeah, if we, <laughs> if we, we hopefully we might stick clips in this uh, podcast, who knows. Um, if we do, then that's bound to be one. And the author one is, yeah. get your fingers out of my soup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, he, he has all of his uh, you notes, know, which I thought was really dodgy. He has his 25 grand hidden in the oven. I've got to be honest, of all the places to hide uh, money, money yeah, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be in an oven. Um, yeah, we're good characters. So then let's get on to uh, the last character of the four of them, because there's only four of the, the main characters. And that's our man, and he is our man. He is our man. Jason Statham. Right, let's sort the buyers from the spires, the needy from the greedy, and those who trust me from the ones who don't. Because if you can't see value here today, you're not up here shopping, you're up here shoplifting. Yeah. You see these goods, never seen daylight, moonlight, Israelite, fanny by the gaslight. Take a bag, come on, take a bag. I took a bag home last night, cost me a lot more than £10, I can tell you. Anyone like jewellery? Look at that one there. Handmade in Italy, hand stolen in Stepney. It's as long as my arm, I wish it was as long as something else. Don't think because these boxes are sealed up, they're empty. The only man who sells empty boxes is the undertaker. And by the look of some of you lot here today, I make more money with me measuring tape. Here, one price, £10. Did you say £10? Are you deaf? That's a bargain. I'll take one. Squeeze in if you can. Left leg, right leg. Your body will follow. They call it walking. You want one as well, darling? You do. That's it. They're waking up. Treat the wife. Treat somebody else's wife. It's a lot more fun if you don't get caught. Hold on. You want one as well? Okay, darling. Show me a bit of life then. No good standing out there like one o'clock half struck. Buy them. You better buy them. These are not stolen. They just haven't been paid for. If you can't get them again, they've changed the bloody locks here. One for you. No good coming back later when I've sold out. Too late, too late will be the cry when the man with the bargains has passed you by. And if you've got no money on you now, you'll be crying tears as big as October cabbages. Bacon cousins. He's a, he, he, because at the time, he, we, I think that was his first. Was, was his, that his first film? It was his first film. He's also the youngest out of all of them. Yeah, because he's really young in that, isn't he? Mm. Well, what was he? He's about our age now. He's thirty-seven. He? So. Um, uh, yeah, so he's uh, 20, 25. You're in 25. You don't, you don't look any different. You don't look any different. No, because no, no, <laughs> no, he had no acting experience. He certainly did did really well in it because uh, um, he was actually part of the uh, British National Diving Squad for 12 yeah, he's years. Done 12 years. He? He's done a bit of everything, yeah. hasn't he? He's a, he's a diver and yeah. he's also obviously uh, a, a very good martial artist. Yeah, and he was a, did a bit modelling as well. Didn't he did modelling. He, uh, he actually got signed up uh, when he was doing his diving. He got signed up and was the face of Tommy. Hillfinger, and uh, and then for French Connection, it was whilst working for French Connection, he was introduced to the then fledgling British director Guy Ritchie, who was developing a film project. He, of course, he told him all about the fact that he used to um, work in London, South London, doing um, selling stuff out of suitcases in market and working on market stalls. And that's when the opening shot of Lockstock and Two Valves is you see them. Uh, yeah. Trying to sell them goods, and uh, it's a car, and then that's they the get classic. legs by legs. Fly, fly, fly pitching, isn't it? Yeah, that's fly pitching. And that's, that's when the, the music that we heard earlier yeah. on uh, kicks in. Uh, straight after this film, uh, he did. Um, he went on to go and play uh, a role in Snatch, which is actually an equally good film, I think. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah, it's more of the same, mm. but it's still really, really funny. To me, the comedies aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The comedies with. Gratuitous violence in it. Yeah, the Snatch has a lot of... It has got gratuitous violence. Yeah. And there's only one horrible scene in 
Luck stuck, isn't it? Really, one horrible, horrible scene. Uh, what's that? It's the Vinnie Jones. Oh, the car. Yeah, the car. Oh, we'll, we'll come to Vinnie Jones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is. And that, that is that's quite. A the, sick that's the only serious bit in it because most of the violence in that is funny, isn't it? Yeah, and I suppose the hatchet in the in that guy's back. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, and also being clubbed to death by a big black dildo. Big black dildo. Yeah. <laughs> I bet anyone who's listening to this will have suddenly gone, "Ooh, yeah, yeah so <laughs> hello, bit of sauce." Uh, We'll talk about those characters later. Um, he then got his own franchise uh, as playing Frank Martin in the brilliant Transporter films. There's three of these now. And because of his background in martial arts, he's able to do virtually his own stunts. Now, my wife likes to stay them. And, uh, and I've got to be honest with you, if I came home and the stay them was, was, was there, there, I've got to admit, I'd turn around and say, oh, fair play, do you want to <laughs> yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Uh, if, I, if, I, if I was uh, turned, I'd go for stay them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, he's, he comes across one of these guys that you know that you could have a beer with as well. That's the that's the nice thing about he's a, he's he has a bloke. A, he's, he's now a massive Hollywood actor. I mean, obviously he went on to do the remake of the Italian Job, which in his own right is not a bad film. No, but look, should he not said have if been that would have been called, called if that would have been called when it something like well, he said it should have been called the Ally Job, shouldn't it? I mean, <laughs> he was called Handsome Rob in that. I mean, how egotistical <laughs> is that, Handsome Rob? He was uh, uh, he was in uh, Celia. He also had a very very brief cameo in uh, probably Tom Cruise's last good film, Collateral. Collateral, yeah, because he gives him the, uh, the suitcase at the beginning, at the beginning, the beginning yeah. doesn't he? Uh, he was in Revolver, which you know. Oh God, let's not good in it mm. but this is where Guy Ritchie had lost the plot yeah but we'll, we'll talk about Guy Ritchie in a minute uh, he then went on to do Crank which is probably the most over oh, top film it uh, and Crank 2 which I've not seen um, and recently he's just uh, been in Expendables which you've, you've said I've not seen yeah. yet in a, you, you like him in, in, a, in a, he's, he's Jason he plays Jason he plays Jason Statham <laughs> yeah. uh, here's something you might like actually um, he will now star in the action film The Killer Elite and according to Variety is it Sam Peckinpah remake of the career is it this no 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 it's not no Uh, this is uh, based on real events which were the subjects of Sir Ranulph Fiennes fictional novel The Feathermen Staven will play a former Navy SEAL I'm not too happy about it now Danny comes out of retirement in order to save an old friend who will be played by uh, the brilliant Clive Owen um now I'm gonna I'm gonna get hold of this book because I'm a uh, well we're both big fans of Sir Ranulph Fiennes in fact uh, one of my characters in The Danger Signs is called uh, Ranulph Fiennes um who, let's face it, is the, the modern day... Well, he yeah. is the real-life action hero. Uh, and yeah, in the well, SAS... The, the interesting fact about Sermon on Fond, you know, when he was at school, he was a complete git. Mm. He was expelled from school for fighting, and he was a bully. And he used to attack and attack all the posh kids in the school, even though he was really posh himself. Even though he was really posh, it's really ironic. He yeah. was a git, but that made him the way he was. Yeah, and now... You need that. And now you wouldn't think that of him. No, you? no, yeah. he's, still, he's still supposed to have a... He's just, you know, he's in court, isn't he, next week, yeah. speeding. Yeah. He's still got that he's, in him. He's still got that rebellious He's an adventurer, isn't he? He's, he's a classic he's, adventurer. He's a one-day adventure. I think I'm going to get hold of this book, because I want to I find out if... Um, if this person in this book is actually a Navy SEAL or an SAS, I suspect it'd be SAS. Oh, I'll find to write it. Why would you write Navy SEAL? So that's a little bit of annoying for me because once again, it's obviously an American um, change, you know, remake. Yeah. Just, uh, but, but there you go. But there you go. It's going to be another Statham film uh, coming out. Always good. Let's talk about let's talk about the director, um, yeah. Guy Ritchie. Uh, a really promising. Um, uh, doc- well, he's a fantastic director. There's yeah, no and he worked about his way up from nothing. He was runners and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he? born tenth of September '68, so he's uh, he's 42 in uh, Hatfield in Hertfordshire in England. He um, uh, dyslexic, um, so he got thrown out of school. Um, although he comes from a fairly um, you know, oh, he did, he he's not he's not from the streets. Uh, he he obviously he's directed this film we're talking about Lockstock and Snatch. Did Revolver and Rock and Roller. 
Um, didn't do too well. And then he's only just really got back on the ball with, of course, Sherlock Holmes. Coincidentally, of course, he made Revolver, Rock and Roller, and that damn awful film swept away whilst he was married to Madonna. And there's no doubt something changed with him, didn't it? I know what it was. What? Kabbalah. It was, wasn't it? And, and isn't it funny the fact that he split up from her, stopped following Kabbalah, and made Sherlock Holmes? It's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, Weird, isn't it? and got a normal life again. Yeah. But there's no doubt. I don't care. I read a really good. I read this. It's a really good bit when he's talking about Revolver. Now you haven't saw Revolver. Have no. Revolver is a mess. It's pretty mystical, and it's a gangster film. Hmm. Now it can do the gangster part of it really works. But it's filled up with this other stuff. And so where did this come from? It didn't come from him. Mm. So it must have come from somebody. It was Madonna. He must there's have no been. doubt. There's no doubt. It started even mentioned in, even a little bit in Snatch, where you thought there was something coming in. Mm. It's that bit where he's listening to that song. And Vinnie Jones has to say, oh, I love this song by Madonna. And yeah. it's like, this is when it was starting to change. Because I think he was in awe of being with Madonna, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, I mean, you know, up and coming guy. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I think the only person that's worked for you. Oh, that's my phone. Well nice. done. Um, the only one that's worked for is actually Chris Martin, uh, marrying older Gwyneth. Uh, yeah, because Puffer. I don't think he, he was quite a, you know, it, it didn't really affect him, but there's no doubt it affected Guy Richard. Yeah. And he'll never say it, but he did. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I mean, uh, the thing with Caballo, it's a study of mis- uh, mystical aspects of rabbinic, rabbinic, sorry, Judaism. So there's, uh, you know, seeping out into his films is not good. Uh, you know, fair play to whatever you want to follow, but. Yeah. Um, don't let it interfere too much in the film in which you start making crap yeah, and, and he did make crap and thankfully he uh, he got back on the ball with the uh, brilliant Sherlock Holmes which I've got for my birthday nice hopefully yeah but that's it you know he's a good director you know I think he's had his bad he's had his I know there's a lot of critics out there now we're big fans of Mark Commode mm. but Mark Commode and all them kind of hate him but yeah. if you watch Lockstock as just a film on its own and you say if you say in America who probably not big who probably don't know this film that much, it's gonna be gonna get massive distribution over mm. America. If you sat down and watched it, you'll really enjoy it. Oh definitely. You know, it is sweary, the violent there is violence, but mainly it's a comedy, isn't it? It's kind it's well worth buying as well. I mean if you do if you do get a chance to get it or hire it on Netflix or something, then do uh, listen to it and then listen to us talking about it. That's a good way of doing yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I think um, The thing that made Luck stuck though, uh, apart from obviously the, the writing of it and he, he he was helped by a couple of other people, he didn't write it in, entirely himself. Um was the producer Matthew Vaughan oh yes uh, he was a talented man very talented man uh, made to Claudia Schiffer been made since 2002 which I didn't know actually yeah. um, he's, he's he's done quite a few things uh, as producer he produced obviously uh, Snatch and Lifestock Swept Away Layer Cakes like Stardust Harry Brown he produced yeah. Kick-Ass and of course The Dead um, and directing wise obviously he directed Layer Cake and he's directed um, Kick-Ass um I want to just talk about Lion Cake. Lion Cake's a great film. When we went and saw Lion Cake, which was in 2004, it was me and you who went together. Yeah, yeah. And I remember coming out and saying, I've just seen James Bond. I remember there's a bit in it, there's one bit in it that gives it away that it was going to be James Bond. I don't know, we, I remember we said, there's James Bond there. Yeah. It's the bit where he's with the gun, isn't it, in the yeah. dark? Yeah. And he just looks like James Bond. he looks Bond. like James Bond. I said, we've just, that's the, if that's not like the new James Bond. It's weird, really, because it's before anyone had... And it was before, yeah, because uh, Pierce Brosnan was still um, uh, quite, you know, the main yeah. character for it. Um, and I thought, yep, that, that, oh, Matthew Vaughan's there. Like and Matt, Matthew Vaughan is really, he's becoming um, uh, on the league of probably, not, not so much the league of Chris Nolan, but as far as his films you look at his films Stardust mainly with his his, his partnership with Jane Goldman yeah, with Jonathan yeah. Ross's wife as writer you look at Stardust which okay 
you know, I know I had a little bit of a critical bother, but it's still a very good film. Harry Brown, uh, yeah, bringing Michael Caine back to, you know, how we love Michael Caine. And I'll mention that too when I see him. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I thought yeah, you were going to mention that on the podcast, yeah. Uh, um, Kick-Ass, obviously, which I've ordered on DVD. Yeah, and The Debt, which I don't know about. Now, I'm going to bring up these two writers who are uncredited, but they should be mentioned because uh, without them, Lockstock wouldn't be the well-wrote film that it is. And this is Peter Catano and John Rogers. Um, so, yeah, there you go. So that's, uh, that's that. Now, the good thing about Lockstock is it's full of um, supporting actors. But the baddies in it are brilliant. Yeah. It's sort of what makes the film, really. You need, it's like the classic thing, you know, to have a good hero, you've got to have a brilliant villain. Mm-hmm. And that's what John Forge used to always say. And... Um, I think this has got brilliant villains in it, hasn't it? Yeah. My favourite villains. My favourite villain, Harry the Dog. <laughs> Harry the Dog. <laughs> He's a proper villain. He's a nasty piece of work. Go on, explain who uh, well, Harry, Harry, Harry the Dog Harry is. Harry the Dog is the next door neighbour who is sort of... Diamond Dog is, uh, is credited as. Yeah, Frank, Frank Harper. Yeah, yeah, Harry the Dog, isn't he? But he's sort of the... Eddie character being bad, isn't mm. he? Because it's like, there's very similar. There's four of them, and he's the leader, he's the leader, but he's a bit more psychotic than yeah, Eddie. Very, very, he's very he's so. the only one, really, who's not got comedy lines in it, has he? Who's the, who's the guy who, who plays, who's the one... Um, Lenny McLean? No, 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 we're talking about Lenny Bishop. The one who's... Um, the scrap, scruffy little fan. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, he's brilliant. I'm a geezer. Yeah, I'm a geezer, yeah. Who's oh, that yeah. now? Oh, no, I've been shot. I've been... <laughs> That's brilliant, isn't um, We've got uh, uh, Steve McIntosh, who plays Winston. Cheers. Cheers, yeah, cheers Winston. And also, oh, my favourite, oh. it's a young Sherlock Holmes. Oh. <laughs> now, is that... That's Nick Mark, isn't it? Mm. Who plays Charles. And, and what's he's got the brilliant line in there? Oh, uh, Actually, I, Steve McIntosh who says the line, uh, but he called, had Steve McIntosh, his character Winston. They're, they're growing they are, copious amounts of ganja. The really <clears throat> public schoolboy, yeah. eating schoolboy, drug growers, and he's obsessed with them trying to be proper, isn't he? Like, <coughs> let's yeah. not bring any attention to ourselves. So his mate goes out. He sends his mate out for some fertilizer. <laughs> so his, fer- his mate comes back with. Uh, two bags of fertiliser and a half dead girl over his yeah. shoulder and you don't want to bring in it and he says the classic line is chill Winston chill Winston he turns around and he goes, he goes we're trying to be incognito <laughs> and you turn up with a bag of fertiliser and a half stoned girl do we look like horta fucking culturists <laughs> <laughs> I'm in danger of breaking sweat at any second Charles why have we got that cage uh, security? That's right. That's right, security. So what's the point in having it if we're not going to fucking use it? Well, I would have used it, Winston, but this is Willie. And Willie lives here. Yes, Charles, but you didn't know it was Willie until you opened the door, did you? Chill, Winston. It's me. Charlie knows it's me. What's the problem? <laughs> The problem is, Willie, that Charles and yourself are not the quickest of cats at the best of times, so just do as I say and keep the fucking cage locked! What is that? That's Gloria. Yes, I know that's Gloria. What's that? Uh, fertiliser. You went out six hours ago to buy a money counter and you come back with a semi-conscious Gloria and a bag of fertiliser? Alarm bells are ringing, Willie. 
We need fertiliser, Winston. Mm -hmm. We also need a money counter. This money's got to be out by Thursday. I'm buggered if I'm going to count it. Oh, and um, if you do have to buy sodding fertiliser, could you just be a little more subtle? What do you mean? We grow copious amounts of ganja, yeah? Yeah. And you're carrying a wasted girl and a bag of fertiliser. You don't look like your average hoarder fucking culturalist. That's what I mean, Willie. Uh, Charles Forbes also plays Willie uh, in that. Now, uh, uh, one of the, the villains, not so much a villain, but he actually works for the main guy in it, Harry right. Hatchet, is Vinnie Jones. Now, this is Vinnie Jones' first big film. Now, we know Vinnie Jones really as um, a Wimbledon footballer uh, who was part of the crazy gang. He's 45 years old now. Um, now, <laughs> Vinnie Jones got done by the FA for producing a, a video called uh, Football is Hardest Man. And, uh, and, and that's basically, he's a hard man, isn't he? Although, um, I, know, I do remember on Celebrity um, Gladiator that he tried to have it on with Wolf, uh, Wolf didn't he? Oh, yeah, we were there for that. Yeah, and we he, failed. he failed visibly. Yeah, he got yeah. beaten up by, uh, by Wolf. Um, Vinnie Jones in this film, Brilliant. really good. Well, it, yeah, and the thing is, well, because I remember when everyone first saw it, I thought, oh, no, I'm a bloody footballer. Yeah. Everyone was the same. Well, everyone, you could not believe. It, you know, he weren't, he weren't a stretch of his imagination acting-wise. No. But he did make some of his own, and the, his, the line in it, uh, it's been emotional. Yeah. That was his own line, wasn't it? That was his it? own line, yeah. So he was always, he, he's really, he'd never done anything more than that, and I think he's his best film, isn't he? Oh, definitely. So I mean, he's better than that than he is at the bloody two Tony in... In Snatch. In Snatch, he's sort of playing himself. He's sort of playing the first yeah. one, isn't I mean, he? In this, he plays Big Chris, and as you say, the, the most violent section of this film is when. Now, he's got his son with him called Little, Little Chris, Chris, isn't he? And this guy gets in the back of his car to take him. That's uh, Harry the Dog. Oh, that's Harry the Dog, isn't yeah. it? And he uh, he puts a gun against his kid's head, which of course is one thing you don't do, and he, he buzzes, and he smashes his car into a lamppost, jumps out, grabs Harry the Dog's head, puts it on the side. Oh, yeah. And slams the door quite a few times, and it is. Uh, I mean, it's beautifully, brilliantly it shot. It's a really vicious, it's a real scene, low camera it? angle with with Vinnie Jones leaning over, That's swearing it. at the camera, it's and really... slamming the door. And you think, oh. You ain't getting Because I remember I read, you know, on the uh, on the DVD extras of that, they said they could only could do that once because he because he was so angry doing it, he couldn't get the same shot twice. Yeah. So he had to do it in one shot. And it is a, a it's real, a brilliant shot. It's a raw it's, shot, it's scary. It? It's the only true nasty violence in there because all the other violence is sort of funny. Now even the hatchet in the back because it's them two funny yeah, cases. Yeah, yeah, really funny. Now he's he's 
Vinnie Jones has popped in a few other films because some some oh, <laughs> ones we don't need to talk about. Gone in sixty seconds, he was in. He also played Juggernaut in X Men: Last Stand. Um, have a guess what he's going to be playing next. It's a remake of a classic eighty-five film. Eighty-five soundtrack done by Queen. Is he doing? Um... No, he's not doing Highlander, is he? He's playing the Kurgan. Holy shit! <laughs> that needs a swear word for the remaking Highlander. The remaking Highlander, yeah. It'd be interesting as a. Interesting, but does it really need to be. I mean, it is that, I must say. It is that, but I mean, I don't know, he's not going to be. I mean, he was talking about that the other day. He's brilliant, Kurgan, isn't that? He's brilliant, isn't he? Clancy uh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown. I have something to say. (laughs) It's better to burn out than to fade fade away. away. (laughs) The head this time has no name. I know his name. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive me, Father. I'm sure you are. (laughs) 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 As he's doing that with the sword. Forgive me, Father, I am a worm. Yeah, he is a great. Have a guess what film we're going to be talking about. Yeah, next we're going to do a highlander on it, but yeah. Uh, but okay, now there is a, a few um, real villains in this film, and uh, one of the biggest ones in this is uh, Lenny McLean, who plays Barry the Baptist. Who's real. Right, where was we? Shotguns. A lot like guns that fire shot. Oh, you must be the brains in. That's right, guns that fire shots. Make sure you bring everything from inside the gun cabinet. There'll be a load of old guns. That's all I want. Everything else outside the cabinet, you can keep. It's yours. Oh, thank you very much. There'd better be something there for us. It's a fucking stately home. Of course there'll be something there. Like what? Like fucking antiques. Antiques? What the fuck do we know about antiques? We rob post offices. Steal cars. What the fuck do we know about antiques, mate? If it looks old, it's worth money. Simple. So stop fucking moaning and rub the place. So who's the gov? Who are we doing this for? You're doing it for me. It's all you need to know. You know because you need to know. I see. One of those on a need-to-know basis things, is it? Like one of those James Bond films. Careful. Remember who's giving you this job. Right, I'm off. Call me when you're done. Tell her. Fucking northern monkeys. I hate these fucking southern fairies. He was real, yeah. He is known as the Governor. Uh, was a famed East of End, East of End, East End of London bare knuckle fighter and bouncer. A former criminal and prisoner, author, businessman, bodyguard, enforcer, weightlifter, television presenter, and actor. McLean was often referred to as the hardest man in Britain. He, uh, he gained international tough guy reputation after knocking out John McCormack, who was reportedly the mafia's yeah. hardest man to... in under three minutes in New York. Oh, now, I'll tell you the interesting story. Go for it. Now, when I get to the mafia now, like I said, I've got a mafia podcast all about this, right? I've read in McLean's he... Uh, the, he, that McCormick was from the Gambino which is the biggest uh, New York family or was actually technically not called Gambino called Messina now but there you go I don't want to get into a A&E about I know, mafia. Don't go again there mafia but anyway <coughs> he did fight that's true that is the 14 a car park hmm. right he knocked him out in one and a half minute second one and a half minutes yeah. say, right and they couldn't believe it they were going to have him killed because of it because of the humiliation hmm. he instantly had to jump in a taxi he had to run from the fight jump in a taxi, get to the airport and bought the first flight to get him out of America. And it was to Mexico. He flew to Mexico, then flew to London. Bloody hell. Because they were going to kill him. Because they couldn't believe that this man was so tough. He also, the classic thing with Ellen McLean's story, he was when he was a, a, a nightclub bouncer, 
that couldn't bounce in America. What's it called? A doorman. Doorman. A doorman in America. He fought 35 men on his own and won. That's hard. That's a hard man, isn't it? And during that, he was stubbed five times and shot, but he still came down and beat him all up. Now, the interesting thing man. is that in, in, the, in the film, <laughs> I think in the film, they, they write, write around him, really, in essence, because there's one bit in it where he goes, if you don't want to lose the fingers, yeah. and you, but the way he's acting it, you think, Ooh. Yeah, and he was old and ill by then. He was ill, wasn't he? Because he just well, done the knock, hadn't he? Yeah, just done the knock. Now, um, he was. Uh, he claimed also uh, in his autobiography to be friends, uh, or well, associated with the Cratons, Ronnie Biggs, Ronnie Knight, Dave Courtney, yeah. and uh, Charles Bronson. I should point out this is not Charles Bronson, the famed American <laughs> actor, but Charles Bronson, the <laughs> nutter in prison with the big moustache, recently played by old Tom, good old Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, a few months after filming Lockstock, Lenny McLean died of lung cancer. Lung- Lung cancer, canker, 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 canker. <laughs> uh, lung cancer, which had mati- uh, uh, metastasized it to his brain, so it spread quite a lot. He was, he was that, really old it? during the film, but he thought he had a cold, yeah. um, which is which is pretty pretty sad. Really, the film is actually dedicated to him. Uh, other people in this film, Peter McNichol played Little Chris, which is uh, Vinnie Jones' little one. Uh, P. H. Moriarty, what a fantastic name! Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, played uh, Harry Longstar, Hatchet Harry, Harry yeah. uh, who I believe. Right, okay. He's been a uh, bit of a... This is a bit weird. I was tweeting Mike Gattis the other day, um, which you, you don't generally get replies from, because Mike Gattis to me and said, I've just been working with P.H. Moriarty. Oh. So that's him. Oh, that'd be interesting. I wonder what else I was Because I know he's just doing that uh, first man on the moon. That's, that's what he must be. He must that's be what I'm really looking forward oh, to. That. That's, that's gonna be brilliant. That um, a couple of uh, big uh, guys. Alan Ford, who uh, is well known, he was the next the other person who was in On Good Friday. He played the guy Brick Top. In, uh, in yeah, the, yeah, and uh, if you go on YouTube, <laughs> if you go on YouTube and type in Darth Vader and Brick Top or Darth Vader Snatch, it's Darth Vader with the lines from Snatch in it and. Excuse yeah. me, I should point out there's a lot of swearing in that. Yeah, Rick Tuff, brilliant. Uh, Stephen Marcus, well-known uh, British actor, playing Nick the Greek. Brilliant. Brilliant guy yeah, in that. Yeah, yeah. uh, now, I, I can't express how much this this guy is fantastic as an actor. He's vast black yeah, uh, no, he, he's brilliant character in this because he's, he's just a funny he's a comedian in Britain isn't he? oh yeah yeah, yeah, he's yeah. A, and he's like really funny in it but he's sort of a nutter as well he's a nutter in it well he plays a little black fella <laughs> with the, the, the best afro I've ever seen yeah, yeah. and he's the one who's, he's watching the football and that guy turns it over and he ends up and the guy what are you doing he goes well he, he drank a load of his spirit spray in his face and set fire to him and he just went out and that was it but he says a classic line in this film which is if the milk's gone sour <laughs> I ain't the kind of pussy to drink it yeah, yeah. <laughs> your stupidity might be your one saving grace. Huh? Don't err me, Greek boy. How is it your fucking stupid, soon-to-be-dead friends thought that they might be able to steal my cannabis and then sell it back to me? Is this a declaration of war? Is this some white cunts joke that black cunts don't get? Because I'm not fucking laughing, Nicholas. I know you couldn't have known my position because you're not that stupid that if you did... You wouldn't have turned up here scratching your ass with that what's going on here look slapped all over your Chevy Chase. But what you do know is where these people live. If you hold back anything, I'll kill you. If you bend the truth, or I think you're bending the truth, I'll kill you. If you forget anything, I'll kill you. In fact, you're going to have to work very hard to stay alive, Nick. Now, do you understand everything I've said? Because if you don't, I'll kill you. 
Now, Mr. Bob and Squeak, you may enlighten me. And, uh, and uh, who's the barman? It's good old. It, the barman is. Oh, no, no, he's not the barman in that one. He's the barman in Stings Bar. Ah, Red Dwarf Connection? Yeah, Danny John Jules. Danny John Jules. Uh, person who makes a very sneak cameo in this. Playing the traffic warden. Yeah, Rob Royden. Rob Royden. And all he does is he gets punched (laughs) out three times in that film. Um, The soundtrack to... um, But you you know you've missed out. You missed the two classic Scousers in it. Oh, gosh, yeah, the Scousers. The two Scousers. Because there's these characters in it who are sort of linking the two stories together. Because they nicked the guns at the beginning. Yeah. That... That end up in their hands. And then two Scousers are really funny with with their afros. With a classic line, you're the brains, I'm yeah. the driver. <laughs> so, those are played by Jake Abraham as yeah. Dean and Victor Maguire as Gally. Queer Gally. Yeah. Uh, Jake Abraham, I think, is most well known for playing uh, Billy Bread. They're brilliant. Uh, They're and, really uh, brilliant and, because uh, he's, uh, yeah. he gets his, uh, gets his afro shot after yeah. Oh, no, sorry, I think Victor Maguire is... Um, yeah. Come here, Gally. Yeah, Victor yeah. McGuire is the one who was in bread, and, and Jake Abraham is, is the great. Uh, them two are just brilliant. I just got there's some brilliant double act. It's like, you know, my favourite funny line is is the two black bouncers who Rory Breaker sends, <laughs> yeah. and they're walking up to the building. He goes, Smith smells funny, mate. He goes, That's your aftershave. Fuck you, funny man. That's the favourite bit that is. He's just got a little bit of humour. They're going to kill someone. Yeah. They're still having a joke about things. <laughs> I've got to try and find that sample and put it in. Yeah, you got to put that in. Hang on a minute, mate. Something stinks. Yeah, you're fucking after, so. Fuck you, funny man. Now, this this yeah, this film does have a, a, a brilliant soundtrack on it. Oh, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of what, mate. It's very. Um, I think he. You can see he was brought up by Martin Scorsese, can't you? Yeah. With, I know Martin Scorsese, he's not... I know a lot of scorists and people that scores don't like his soundtracks. And again, oh, all you're doing is putting pop music in mm. But when it's done right... Yeah, it works Hansen, Lockstock. You know works it really Yeah, well. it really works with Lockstock, doesn't it? Of having a songs. Because it's, it's a popcorn movie, isn't it? Yeah. It's got yeah. no expectations it's some highbrow Jean Paul Goddard play. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a film about at the time of the time Britpop was really big and this was a film full of Britpop and brilliant songs, wasn't it? Definitely. I mean we're gonna end uh, after the uh, the the um, promos that we play on this podcast. Uh, keep listening obviously because there could be some good promos that you, you might make you want to go and listen to other podcasts. But there is going to be a song at the end of that. And mm. I'm playing Truly Madly Deeply by Skanga. I think it's an awesome reggae scar song. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And it's just beautifully done. So listen out for that because that's what's coming up. But other songs that are in this, obviously you heard 100 Mile High City. Um, you've got The Boss by James Brown, which is the music that Vinnie Jones is introduced to. Yeah, it to. just works so well. The bit when he loses the cards, he's a stooge, he's one of be a dog. It oh, works so it well. It so does, yeah. Uh, you've got Police and Thieves by Junior Mervyn. Um, spooky, the brilliant spooky song done by Dusty Springfield. Yeah. Uh, a song written by for the film, uh, "Man Machine" by Robin Williams, um, which, which was uh, went really high in the charts. "Walk This Down" by Easy Rollers, and "Liar Liar" uh, by The Castaways. Um, two, two, quite a few of those um, tracks actually was not released in the American soundtrack, uh, and one of those was actually "Truly Mandy Deeply" by Skanga. Oh, so anyone's, it? I'm not too sure. It's a typical thing. Yeah. It might be licensing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, to our American listeners, uh, that's a good thing for you because you get to hear the whole song at the end of this podcast. So, Kel, out of ten, uh, and a little bit of a, um, a summary of Lockstock. I'd say uh, seven and a half out of ten. Mm-hmm. I'd say seven and a half, and I just think if you get if it's, I think in twenty years when all this anti 
Because I think that the problem with it, it, it spawned a genre of films that were generally terrible. Yeah. You know, I'm a big gangster film fan, and you look like a gangster <coughs> film fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it, a torrent of, I can't say, a torrent of shit gangster films <laughs> come this. And people only remember those. Yeah. Oh, because it you know, spawned all these crap films. But at the time... There was nothing like that around at no. the time. You know what I mean? There was, you know, we hadn't had a gangster film, a great British gangster film for years. I've, I, 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 I can't remember. Maybe Long Good Friday. I can't think of any. No. Mona Lisa, or maybe Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa, 83. Yeah, maybe Mona yeah. Lisa. That's a film we don't have to talk about. That is a great film. And, and, and it, I was it, thinking, actually, sorry to interrupt you, but you're just bringing up Mona Lisa there. I was... I was talking to a guy when I was filming on Monday about um, Brazil, never seen Brazil. And I'm saying one of the greatest things about Brazil is Michael Palin, because Michael Palin is playing against type. Because everyone knows Michael Palin as being a really nice guy. He's playing Jack Lint, who's a who's comes across almost as a nice guy, but then when you realise what he does for a living, he's a horrible piece of work. Almost like Olivier, you in marathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's what Mona Lisa, when you look at Mona Lisa, Michael Caine is mainly well known for playing he's horrible. He's nice horrible guys. horrible in that. But in that film, he's horrible. Horrible piece of work. Horrible piece of work. I, I can't think of a, word, uh, a nastier part that Michael Caine's played. No, and he's played. Yeah, I he's can't. Played, think, he's played Nazis. Yeah, and yeah I can't yeah, think yeah, of yeah, a no. worse part. He's, but never saw it yet, but no, carry on. Yeah, no, I, no, I just said, I think he'd look on its own, forget all the other crap. And maybe in America, they could look at it in a fresh. Fresh, because, you know, I suppose there must have been some people who saw it, because they're big film fans, aren't they? But if you just watch it on its own, it's a great film, and I think it's a film for for anywhere around the world. It is a bit cockney, Mm. but... It's more Muckney, really, isn't it? it is because a this, bit. it is Muckney. It's, it's a stylised view of Cockney, mm. low rent, low rent thuggery, isn't it? Yeah. Like Nick Love loves as well. We're a big fan of Nick Love, yeah, like the yeah, business yeah. and that. You know, it, it's not real. I think if I think if um, what's his name, Danny Dyer, was older, I would have seen him in this film. Yeah, I think he would have been in it. Yeah. I know Danny Dyer's not like, but Danny Dyer's again same kind of thing because he's done crap. People don't remember the crap. Yeah, he needs a good film. He does need a good and he, cause he's not a bad actor. No, he's but he needs to get away from playing the but same. But Danny Dyer was a, a you know he won a Tony Award in a, on the Broadway. We saw him at the memorabilia fair sitting next to Hooks look. from Police Academy. Yeah, he didn't look. Let's not ha- go he didn't look very happy, did he? No, would you sit no. next to Hooks <laughs> from Police Academy? Is this what I've been? No, 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 it's, it's, a, it's a really good. It's a good caper. It's definitely worth. It's me. It's like the Lavender Hill Mob for this. All them kind of films, yeah, like yeah, his name. Yeah, like, um, what's that one that was remade? Uh, the Lady Killers. The Lady, it's that yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? You know, or one of my favourite films, The League of Gentlemen, not League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, The League, the of, League of Gentlemen. Well, I think it's one of the great gangster films of all time, but that's the same kind of thing. It's only because it's got a bit swearing mm. in a violent, because it has to be. It has to be, it's that kind of thing. I agree with you. I, I give it actually, um, yeah, I'll give it, well, I'll probably give it the same, seven and a half out of I ten. Think I think, can't quite get to eight. No, nah, it's not uh, It's not a masterpiece, No, it? no, eight out of ten, and well worth buying. One, it introduces the world to Jason Statham. Two, it gave Guy Ritchie his first break and, and does a brilliant job at it. And also, just for the cameos, brilliant actors in the cameos, brilliant soundtrack, well directed. Yeah, that, that's it. it. It just works. And I think a lot of the, the, the actors were all, you know, they're all learning the learning, you know, learning the chops, weren't they? Just to call it. They all were, weren't they? And for the first film, because it was his first film, and he, he scrimped and worked for years to mm. get money for that film, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, everyone would be like Kevin Smith with Clark. Yeah, and it's a low budget film as well, isn't yeah. it? It's low yeah. budget. Like, they couldn't, and then they made the money back something ridiculous. Didn't cost them anything to make that film. Yeah, so there we go. That was our uh, talk of Lock Talk, Lock Lock Talk, Lock Stock, lock, and Two Smoking Wells. 
Thankfully, we were, uh, my voice has held out. It's going exactly, there, yeah. so it's going uh, Anyway, we're, we're going to be back uh, next month. Ooh, blimey. Yeah, you'll be 37. Uh, I'll be 37. Yay. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, look, if you've got any comments, of course, please do send them into. Yeah, especially if there's any people out in the States who, after this podcast, actually rent the film out. Yeah, 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 that'd, yeah. Be, that'd be really interesting. That'd be really though. interesting. Yeah, please do um, rent Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels and then send us your feedback because we'll put it. We'll actually put you in the show. That'd be really good, hopefully. Yeah, or anyone, in Britain, anybody, yeah. anyone. Well, anyone in Britain I think as well. Britain would have saw that film. Yeah, because right, right, we didn't really advertise that we were going to do this nah, show, nah, did we? Nah. So Because this one's going to be a bit more ad hoc now because we are going to do things that are a bit more relevant. Well, we, we're going to get ourselves, we're going to talk talk about it in, in, in the week and then get excited about it and then do it. Yeah. So, yep, new Waffle On, of course, will be coming in January. Uh, the new format. Open up to the world. We can do. Anyone get any suggestions about any programs anywhere in the world? As long as we've watched them. As long as we've watched them, we're gonna we'll talk about it. And suggestions, please, too, to waffle on podcast at googlemail.com or of course go to our Facebook page. Either type in my name on the search engine. You can do that now because I've had to take the security thing off. And amazingly, I did that. We got another uh, eight people join the page. Oh, that's quite unusual. Uh, Facebook page, yeah, we got that waffle on podcast. Or of course, go to http colon forward slash forward slash waffle on dot and leave a comment there. Uh, Kel, thanks for joining me. It's okay, then. And we'll see you next month. Remember, listen to the promos, and you got that brilliant song at the end. Cheers, Kel. Bye. It's been emotional. <laughs> it's been emotional. If you like a good science fiction story, then you'll like The Martians Are Here podcast by Australian author Stefan Sonnen. The Martians Are Here podcast is a science fiction serial around 15 minutes per podcast episode set in the not-too-distant future. It's a story about two alien species from very different origins who bring their ongoing war to Earth with disastrous consequences for humanity. told through the eyes of five people who must piece together what's going on in order to survive. This is what happens when biology, technology, and adaptability collide. The Martians Are Here podcast on iTunes and on themartiansarehere.com. Hi, this is Al. And this is Joyce. And, and we're, we're huge, huge Disneyland, Disneyland fans. In fact, we love the place so much we started a podcast dedicated to the happiest place on earth. In our show, Tales from the Mouse House, we'll offer up some news and updates on the resort, give you some tips and tricks that we've discovered to help you get the most out of your Disneyland Resort vacation, let you in on some of the often overlooked gems we like to call hidden treasures, review some of the attractions that make the resort so much fun, and even review some of the places to satisfy your hunger attacks. So. After you're done learning all there is to know about classic BBC television from Meds and Kel's Waffle On podcast, check out Tales from the Mouse House in iTunes. What does Waffle On mean? Hmm, okay. To Waffle On, from the ancient Latin phrase Waffle Onus, meaning to impart British television wisdom. Is that true? Uh, well, maybe. Okay, so I made that part up. 
I thought so. So who can really tell me what waffle on means? Our friend Casey, that we mentioned earlier, has never seen Empire. Or Jedi. What? No. I know. I nearly banished her. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective, on all things geek. Star Trek, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, Buffy, Firefly, gaming, books, costuming, and general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. Hello, I'm Meds. You're not Meds. <laughs> and I'm Kel. You're not Kel either. I don't even sound like him, do I? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm not sound like sure. the Geico lizard. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to do that. Anyway, hey, we love Waffle On. Waffle On's fun. I just love the podcast. Meds and Kel, you're so cool. By the way, this is Rick. And this is Amy, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss our geeky Moyer home. Yes, we are geeky. And we're really fun, though. We talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. And I absolutely love Star Trek and heavy metal music. It's just too much fun. And I tolerate Star Trek and don't like heavy metal music at all. (laughs) What do you like? (laughs) I like reading and quiet music and home and garden TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like some British sci-fi stuff, right? You know, I do like some sci-fi. I, I really do, but um, just I'm not as passionate about it as you are. That's okay. We lived, we've lived together for 24 years, and uh, it's okay. Opposites attract, and we're still, we're, we're still married, eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That's Canadian. That's not English. Oh, well. I say we go have a cup of tea. In, indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. I can't even say that. You do like tea, though. I do like tea. Yes. Earl Grey. Hot. Well, anyway, if you get a chance to listen to our podcast, do so. It's at takehimwithyou.com, or you can find us on iTunes. Just look up Take Him With You. And you can hit the little subscribe button, and it's free. Yep. So thanks, Meds and Kel. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for uh, letting us do our promo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tea time. Hi, this is Kenny. And this is Jenny. We're the host of Knights of the Guild, the official fan podcast for the award-winning web series, The Guild. We're not like your typical fan podcasts. Both Jenny and I have worked on several seasons of The Guild and take our listeners behind the scenes to share our fun and crazy times on set. We also have exclusive interviews with cast, crew, and fans of The Guild. We keep you up to date on General Guild news and the latest happenings of our cast and crew. So please give us a listen on iTunes or at knightsoftheguild.com. Lick shot my slut shot. We come from the top and rewind. I make it jump again with a beat. With a beat. Oh, oh, oh. Red lights shining. Brightly must be a warning. Danger can to me Sound is down But silence is not about me 
Remains the same Truly hooked on you 